0: Hello, this is Donna Reich of Character Inc. Publishing and Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar and Blogs. You have happened upon Wondering Wednesday, our weekly audio format in which we answer questions from people about homeschooling, parenting, marriage, language arts, teaching, and more. Today, we have received some questions about training children in diligence, training them in chores. Specifically, how to set up chores, how do you know when children are old enough for certain chores, how much is too much, and so on. So I'm going to dig right in today with overall diligence training tips. I want to start out with these because these are foundational, or have been foundational to us in our Training of our children to be diligent, responsible, resourceful, thorough—all of those things. We have seven children, ages 16 through 32, and we have got some amazing workers. We have got uh, young adults who have gone, have gotten a lot of degrees. They go to college. They uh, work hard. They um, manage homes. They're just really, really uh, doing great in the areas. In a lot of areas but specifically today in these areas of diligence and I really believe that it began at home and so I want to start with the overall diligence training tips that we learned 25 years ago um, 25 years ago this summer actually uh, when we first went to our very first Greg Harris workshop the Christian homeschool and then the advanced Christian homeschool workshop And in those workshops, he didn't just teach us how to homeschool. He actually taught us how to manage our homes, how to teach our children to love learning, how to train our children in diligence and responsibility and thoroughness and godliness, how to teach our children the Bible, how to uh, manage a school day, and so much more. We will be forever grateful For the amazing training that we received through his workshops. So, these first few things are definitely not original, but we can tell you unequivocally that they work. So, the first one that he taught at this workshop was these workshops is anyone who can do the job should do the job. And I remember at the time we had um, four children, seven and under, and I remember. Just thinking, I'm the only one who can do the job. It's either me or it's my husband. You know, we're the only ones who can do all this work. Um, But then he said, Give the job to the youngest one who can handle it. And we went home from that workshop and we said, Well, you know, our kids are seven, four, three, almost three and newborn, and there isn't just really a lot they can do. But we took his advice to heart and we made a list of everything that we thought Joshua at age seven could do, and everything that we thought Kayla at age four could do. And we started training them in these areas right away, just like he taught us to do. And, um, we found out through this, that our children could do so much more than we thought they could do. And, uh, as they learned, we just kept teaching them more and more and more. And they just learned more and more. And they became more responsible, more thorough, more diligent as each year passed. It was just absolutely amazing how when we trusted our children to be able to learn things. And we trained them properly. And we made our family working together a way of life. Not something that um, that you know they have to do. Um because it's a chore and they just have to get it done, but rather this is our family. This is the way we live. We live by working together, we live by organizing, cleaning, cooking, doing things together to make our family run smoothly. So he taught them to make it a way of life. The next concept that he taught was what can I do right now that only I can do? This kind of goes along with what he what he previously said. But it just really was a light bulb moment for me and for my husband as well. Because at first we looked around and we said, what can I do right now that only I can do? Well, that's pretty much everything. But then once we got into the training and once we got into the trusting of our children to do things and not expecting them to be perfect, just trusting that they could and that we could also train them to be cheerful workers, um, we realized that this was crucial what can I do right now that only I can do? Right now, when at that point in my life, I needed to nurse a baby, have story time, have Bible time, teach unit studies, cook every day, clean every day, plan menus, do lesson plans, keep records, and the list goes on and on and on, just like you probably who are listening to this. But when we started saying, what can I do right now that only I can do, it let us see that there are way too many things for mom, and even mom and dad, because once my husband got home, I was cloned, so I didn't have to worry about anything once he got home uh, from work, because um, he believed in serving his wife and family, so from the beginning, I never had to, to worry about anything in the evenings, but even during the day, and he was gone 12 or 13 hours every day, too, so that made a difference, I was always long days for me but um it was just remarkable to think that there are so many things that only I can do so I have to have help and with that not just the physical aspects of running a home but also all of the parts of of what I do that nobody else but I can do to to really train my children I'm the only one who can teach them the bible every day during the day I'm the only one who can do story time with them. I mean, yeah, I can use audios, and I did, and I can teach the older kids to read to the younger kids, and I did that too, but I was the only one who could have that special story time every day. I was the only one who could plan the homeschooling out and carry it out and make sh- and oversee it. I was the only one who could keep records. There were so many things that only I could do that I realized I should always try to be doing those things. We even got so good at this that it would be such that if I were drying the dishes or unloading the dishwasher or folding a load of clothes, my husband would say, why are you doing that when there are so many things that only you can do and anybody could do that? And that's pretty much how became our philosophy for home management. That goes leads us into number five in overall diligence training tips, what are you going to give up in order to have time for homeschooling? Now, I hope that we have some of our raising kids with character uh, parents listening who n- don't necessarily homeschool, but obviously want to learn these things too. Um, and this is will by no means just be for homeschoolers, but specifically in this area, if you previously weren't homeschooling and now you're going to start homeschooling, Or suppose you had a preschooler last year, and then this year you're going to have a kindergartner, and assuming you didn't teach preschool, this really didn't apply to us as very much, but we've used it in helping other parents all the time when we speak. Uh, It didn't apply to us as much because we started homeschooling my younger sister when our oldest was a year and a half, and homeschooling was a way of life for us, and we never didn't homeschool, so it wasn't like there was a time when I wasn't homeschooling and I had all day to do other things, and now I was, um, but what are you going to give up in order to have time for homeschooling? At minimal, you're probably going to need two hours a day to homeschool. I mean, that's, that's very minimal. You know, two, three, four, five, and six hours a day, depending on the number of students you have, how independent they are, what stages they are in learning, what type of program you use, and how teacher intensive it is, and so on. So this question that we pose to homeschoolers is, what are you going to give up in order to have time for homeschooling? So you need to recoup four hours, and last year you were busy, you didn't have four hours a day that you were just doing nothing, so where are you going to get that time? Time is, is just like money, it's either there or it's not there, and it's unrealistic to think that you're just going to make more time appear. And so with that, we needed to train our children to help us more around the house, Also, with homeschooling, I know with children who go to school, you really need to zero in on the most important chores and not try to give them too many chores because they do go to school all day long, and they don't have the pockets of time and the little windows of time that homeschooled kids have throughout the day to work on chores and so forth. But also, with homeschooling, I'm giving up so much time, so I need more help with the household things, so I'm giving up this time to homeschool. So there's a fine balance if your children go to school, you know, you want to teach them diligence and you want to have them learn these chore things that I'm about to expound upon, but if you are a homeschooler, your children can definitely have, you know, up to an hour a day of chores easily spread out throughout the day, and um, if you have children eight through twelve, if you have two kids, three kids, four kids in that age bracket, 30 minutes a day of choreing, concentrated time every day is just phenomenal how much you can get done if your children are well trained in in cleaning and uh, chores. So what are you going to give up in order to have time for homeschooling? Well, we're going to give up some of the menial tasks, some of the things that other people can do, some of the things that the youngest person in the family can handle. So I'm going to start here with littles. Um, I do want to keep in mind that We have at least two hours of diligence training in our parenting seminar, the extended parenting seminar, as well as in our homeschooling workshops. So I'm trying to really just hit the high points here and summarize um, two hours worth of teaching and, you know, a 25 to 30 minute audio. So, but I am going to start with the littles because I love starting with littles. I just uh, have such fond memories of working with my kids and spending time with all of my preschoolers and toddlers every day, just training them and loving them and teaching them all the time. It was just amazing. And, um, I always wonder if people on listening to the podcast episodes can see, can hear my smile, um, because so many of the times when I'm making these episodes, I get onto something like this, you know, start with Littles, and I start thinking about all the sweet and wonderful things about toddlers and preschoolers, and I just start smiling, and I always wonder if you can hear that on your end, so um, if you can't, I'm smiling, okay? Anyway, so the first thing with Littles is to put away books, toys, and bedding together. Right off the bat, you want to start working with your child. You want to develop daily habits. And you want to teach your child uh, to work by working with him. And right away at, you know, 12, 14, 16 months, you know, he can start by putting his books in the book basket in his bed or giving you, handing you the books to put out of the bed, handing you the toys to put out of the bed. I always went in the mornings and put books and toys in their bed um, from about eight months on so they could play when they woke up. So they, always, they could hand me that, I'd hold up the basket, they put him in the basket, fold the bedding or push it over in the corner, you know, whatever, um, to teach him. It's 30 seconds, maybe a minute at the most, worth of chores in the morning that you're going to start together. Then when you get something out for your child, put it away with him before going on to the next activity. Generally speaking, whether you're a homeschooling mom or a work-at-home mom, but we're trying to get a lot of things done all the time with our preschoolers and toddlers there. Um, we have complete workshops about that, too, and I also have a lot of information on the blog about that. But um, I, I love writing writing and teaching about preschoolers and toddlers. And I'm smiling again. Anyway, uh, so as you're getting things out for him to keep him occupied, you know, Before you get something else out for him, work with him, putting it away. All the time you are teaching during this time, don't think of it as a useless time when, you know, oh, it's taking so long or, you know, I have to work with him on this. Um, You know, you're teaching him organization. You're teaching him, you know, the skills of uh, cleaning up various things, various kinds of messes. And you're also teaching him the habit of putting away stuff before you get something else out which is a really important habit to start. Um, as soon as the child can unload the dishwasher, uh, under, unload the silverware, the cups, etc., give him that job. This goes back to that Greg Harris tip, uh, give the job to the youngest child who can handle it. Um, we, as soon as we came home from the Greg Harris workshop, we started buying those melamine dishes, and eventually faded, faded out of all of our other dishes, and we only had plastic cups, and melamine cups, and plates, and so forth, um, for many, many years, and then we got Corel dishes, um, and then, but we still have plastic cups. To this day, we still have plastic cups, and, um, So we put those dishes down low. As soon as we got home from the workshop, that's one of the things that we did. We made the list of the things that Joshua and Kayla could do. And this was one of those things that that Kayla could start doing at age four. So we put all the dishes down low. And up until a year ago, when we moved to where we live now uh, with a 16 and 20-year-old, those are the last two at home, um, we still had our dishes down low. So we, we had them down low for 20, 20, almost 25 years in lower cupboards and so that they could start learning right away and that would become their job. Then we, uh, as soon as possible, we branched out with our littles with the morning routine chart. Um, we started out with just a, a quad, a square with four quads and uh, each one had a picture, room, groom, dress, mess and everything that they had to do. So room was picking up their, their bedroom Groom was grooming, brushing their teeth, um, so um, combing their hair, washing their face and hands, whatever they needed to do. Dressing, which included putting their pajamas in their pillowcase and then uh, making their bed um, when they did their room. I forgot to mention that. And then mess, uh, anything they had out. Our kids always took water bottles and uh, books and um, story tapes to bed with them. We always had uh, lights on time, as we called it and uh, they could listen to things during that time and read books. And so um, this was the first morning routine chart, Room Groom, Dress Mess. And uh, it just really starts right off the bat at age three or four, getting into the habit of doing things every day, of taking care of your personal things. Before we want to teach them any family chores, we want to be sure that they're taking care of their personal things. So they're doing those things for themselves. Uh that we all need to do all throughout our lives. And then we moved on to the chore chart. And uh, we learned this at a homeschool convention too, uh, a different one. But it was about creating a board game, kind of like chutes and ladders or Candyland. And then it had different spots and like every fifth spot had a chore on it. And the child did the chores and moved their little uh, character. It had a little sticky stuff on the back that stuck to like little... Uh, tacky sticky stuff, and they could move their character onto the next square whenever they got done with the uh, chore. So those are just starting out with littles, but um, you really can't start too young with working with your children on things and having daily habits. Even if you have to do everything with them at first, um, it's not going to be more than a few minutes anyway. But at least you know now it's time for this, and it just becomes a way of life. I will say that that all of these concepts um, lead to diligence thoroughness responsibility as a way of life and that's a really important thing to get within our children that it's not that they have to do a chore it's not that they have to do a job it's that this is our family we do this together we work hard together we um we make our family successful by always working together and being diligent and being thorough so that we have more time um for other things i can remember one time uh, we people always thought that our kids worked a lot they always were amazed at everything they could do even grandparents were just like wow you know they just they can do so much and and you know i can remember by the time joshua was nine he was making bread every day in the bread maker now he did use the bread maker but the fact that he was responsible every single day for making the bread you know starting it in the morning taking it out Letting it cool, bagging it up, and so forth that that was just his daily chore. and that our parents their grandparents used to tell everybody and just brag about the kids all the time, but especially how you know their nine-year-old son makes bread every day and when they come to stay overnight, they get baked, warm baked bread every single day um, from Joshua. And um, it, it just goes back to teaching your children, and, having high expectations of them, because they can do so much more i 've been amazed, just totally blown away by our children 's skills as they 've grown up and their accomplishments and how the things that they 've been able to do at young ages uh, you know just just being able to make complete meals, being able to handle. Big tasks, being able, able to work for other people at young ages and do things that, you know, a lot of adults just start to do, you know, when they're 18 or 20. And um, it really was, this is really foundational to all of that. So let's move on to determining chores. First of all, use the benchmarks above, of course. Um, next, though, use age-appropriate chore list loosely. Uh, there are a lot of those floating around the internet, which some of them are colorful and they're really nice to have. We have some age-appropriate chore lists at the blog, um, and we'll put the links on here on this handout. But um, we have some that are a little bit more um, advanced, maybe than a lot of them that you see floating around. But it is because of our belief that children can learn so many things at early ages when we teach them uh, when we teach them thoroughly. So use those chore lists those age appropriate chores list loosely, knowing that you know if your child seems particularly gifted in the kitchen that that child can do a lot more if he or she seems you know more suited to organization you know those areas I could see really early in my kids what their bents were for cleaning and cooking and stuff and that actually kind of got me into trouble because what I ended up doing was um cami was always so good at getting the little boys dressed and and their matching clothes and their chore, their grooming and, and getting their hair so cute and just making them look so cute. And, um, Kara was much more, uh, suited for organization of, of like, um, cupboards and stuff like that. She'd be really good at that. And Kayla was just a whiz. I mean, an absolute whiz in the kitchen from a very young age. Um, and so I found myself just constantly Relying on those and not having them go over to other skill areas um, in their teen, early teen, and tween years. So, but um, use those age appropriate chore lists loosely. Have your daily chores each day. Put your daily chores in. I'm going to talk about chore sessions in just a little bit, but have your daily chores first. Make a list of everything that needs done every day and start with that. Um, I have some blog posts at the blog about. Um, Daily schedules, daily routines, but also about uh, laundry, dishes, and trash. And uh, the blessings of delighting in the dailies. How to set up your dailies and also how to delight in them. How to realize how great they are. There are so many people in the world who are unable to do dailies. And they're unable to just do the things that need done every single day. Day in and day out. And you know... I've been homeschooling and raising children, you know, for 30, 32 plus years. We, our son is 32, been homeschooling for over 30. Uh, when we began homeschooling my younger sister and then all the children were just born and we just, it just became a way of life for us. But all of these things too, these chores, working together, diligence training, just um, seeing every day as a, a machine, so to speak, and everything's got to just you know, the cogs got to have to be in place and everything just has to, to flow. And just making all of that happen has been such a blessing to me to learn how to do that. And, um, it's not easy to do, but you know, if you know anything about the research that you, that I see a lot nowadays about how long it takes to become an expert in something, um, this is really interesting because I'm doing a, a workshop in a couple of weeks at a homeschool convention and how to become an efficiency expert. And, um, I'm super excited about that. Um, but when you see these like great cellists and violinists and pianists and stuff, and, and you, then you'll research, uh, especially on like, um, Asian countries and how, um, how much a child becomes, starts training in music or whatever it might be. And, you know, how many hours, it takes, you know, and there are different, different time frames, like some studies will say it takes 10,000 hours, some t- studies will take takes 10 years of doing something over and over and over again to become an expert in it. And I really believe that there are so many things that we want as moms to be really good at and that we can really become just outstanding in the areas of home management and uh, kitchen, and, and and meal planning, and all of those kind of things, simply because we have the opportunity, if we're a homeschooling mom, especially to stay home and do those things all the time, and so the more you do things, the better you're going to get at it, and uh, the dailies is an example of that, doing those daily things, day in and day out, it then it becomes second nature, and things get done like you have never dreamed that you could get done, and so um, make your daily chores first and foremost teach your children these are the dailies and these are the things we're going to do next and then you can spread out the weekly chores you know there are a lot of weekly things we never got to because i was really adamant about making sure we did everything all the daily things that we had our meals our laundry our dishes our trash you know our things picked up and organized and you know i wasn't necessarily the best cleaner in the world um i didn't spend a great deal of time on cleaning I mean, it wasn't dirty, but I mean, we—it just wasn't. I wasn't like a perfectionist, immaculate home kind of person, but I was all about home management, home management, and making things really run smoothly. Teach children the power of dailies, habits, and tidying. Those are powerful aspects of life. Lastly, in this determining chores, give children the job. Don't give them menial tasks. Don't give them partial tasks don't give don't have them help give them jobs i think that this ownership of jobs is uh, has been one of the biggest factors in teaching our children responsibility because even from young ages we would give our children the dishes are all yours until the evening they're all yours the dishwasher is always yours all the time every day unload and reload twice a day and run it it's always yours and We would, you know, use the benchmark of giving it to whoever, the youngest one who could handle it, but we gave them the jobs and they were never menial tasks. They were never, they always felt important and like they were really, really needed because they really were needed. I can remember when Jakey, our youngest was five, he came home from a a friend's house and he said, you'll never believe what Johnny does for his chore. And he has this little R thing going on because he really had the R thing for a while. And that was fine because he was our youngest one. And you want to keep that R thing for a while with your youngest. Anyway, he was so cute. You'll never believe what Johnny does for his chore. And then he's laughing. He can hardly even get it out because he's laughing so hard. And, and we said, what? And he said, he unloads the silver whale. I'd be so embarrassed if my only, if I could only unload the silver whale. So even at an even at age five, you know, he had such an ownership of his jobs that the thought of only being able to do something so small was embarrassing to him. And I just thought that was really, really cute. Um, but we always gave them the jobs, not just partial jobs. All right. I want to move into chore sessions because I am going to go over my time again and Um, I've been notorious for doing that lately on these podcast episodes. So chore sessions were really where it all came together for us. We had their morning routines, and that was a big part of their lives, and uh, getting their own things taken care of every morning, Uh, teaching them that was just phenomenal. We always knew that they were taking care of all of those things in the mornings. Um, But then we moved into chore sessions. One of the things that Greg Harris taught again was to attach something That is important to something that's already in the schedule. Let me repeat that. Attach anything that is important to something that's already in the schedule. And what this meant for us was, he said, you know, if you are having trouble having family devotions or, you know, doing Bible time with your kids or family worship or whatever it is that you want to do, reading aloud, whatever that might be. Then you need to go home and attach it to something that you already do. And he said, your kids already eat three times a day. So right away, take those three times and attach something that is important to each of those times. And so we did. We came home and we attached um, Bible reading in the morning and Bible reading in the evening and then chores uh, to a lunch. And then we added more things to each each time a day. And then we added more attachments to our attachment until I like to say that our day became one big attachment. But that was really exactly how it happened, actually. Um, but we just started with something that was already in the schedule. For us, with chore sessions, this meant that we had two or three chore sessions every day for 15 to 30 minutes before each meal. I say 15 to 30 because it depended on the ages of the kids, and we definitely got um, you know, more things as as the children got older, and they started taking on some of the cooking responsibilities, too. So we attached these we had a morning chore schedule first of all morning chore session before breakfast and one person cooked the breakfast um another person that then maybe somebody else depending on the ages of the kids But somebody else might set the breakfast table uh somebody else did a load of laundry somebody else unloaded the dishwasher somebody else wiped down the bathroom um somebody else uh Usually me, I got some something out, get things ready for starting for dinner, either uh, a freezer meal out or something defrosting. Um, and that was our first chore session. We attached it to before breakfast and we uh, worked together. We found that everybody working at the same time, we got much more done than just isolated lists. Um, it also, I think, gave a lot more teamwork and unity, you know, as far as everybody's doing chores now. Let's get these things done so we can... You know, have breakfast and then get started with our school. Then we had the next chore session was 15 to 30 minutes before lunch, and that had the next most important things in it. And then finally, we had uh, our evening chore session. Um, and by then, we already had two loads of laundry, two loads of dishes, two loads of trash. Um, done, and then we would still, if we needed to do more dishes usually that was, it wasn't wasn 't until after the meal though, but we would the last one would be dinner preparations and maybe some weekly things and the last one we often didn 't get to you know we maybe put something in the crock pot earlier in the day and we didn 't have a real chore session, so to speak, we just kind of all came home from piano or whatever it might have been. It set the table, took up the food and ate. Um, So we didn't always have that third one. So that was why it was really important to put the most important things first, the second most important things next, and so forth. Um, I talk um, at the blog about how to set up the laundry so that it happens like that three times a day uh, because you have to get it all ready so that your first load is dry in the morning when you're ready for your chore session. It really helps a lot. Um, Again, we put some kitchen work into each chore session, Um, even some things like, you know, cleaning vegetables and fruits and things like that. Work with the kids. Um, When I was usually working, especially when they were all younger, I was usually working in the kitchen on the meal. Maybe I had an assistant that was that person's chores, but at any rate. 15, 20, 30 minutes, uh, two or three times a day is not unrealistic, especially for children who are homeschooled. If your children go to school, then I would say, you know, like a job in the morning, a job after school and a job before bed besides their own personal things, um, might be the best way to handle that because they are gone a long time and then they have, you know, sports and so forth. So, um, you know, they aren't going to have those, you know, two or three 30-minute, 20 to 30-minute pockets um, to do chores. So definitely teach them chores and attach them to their schedule. Um, but when you're homeschooling, definitely up the expectations. All right, I want to talk for a few minutes about together chores. We usually have the evening cleanup of the, of the meal all together together. Uh, We always worked on projects together. We always had ongoing projects, uh, helping other people, making food for people, helping grandparents, cleaning out the garage, whatever. We always did those things together. We had three types of uh, work sessions besides our chores and so forth and our projects, daily chores and then projects. And uh, the first one we called our blitz and we just set the timer for a certain time period and we just ran through the house and blitzed and did as much stuff as we can as we could do now it's just remarkable i mean if we have all four of us and we have a 10 minute blitz it's it's unbelievable how much four people can get done in 10 minutes um but we also used to do we lived down a long lane for a while and so when we saw dad's lights we would have a blitz and that was always fun just running around getting a lot done right before dad walked in the door Ten minute tidies, again setting the timer and just working on tidying up, straightening. Um, you know, sometimes the ten minute tidy would actually be a cleaning a cleaning session, and everybody would take. You know, you're going to clean the kitchen, you're going to clean the bathroom, you're going to clean the living room, dust, vacuum, wipe down toilets, wipe clean toilets, wipe down sinks, whatever you can do for during this ten minutes. So ten minute tidies, and then our other one was one side of an odyssey, that was back in the cassette days. I hope you see me smiling again, um, where we would put an adventure and odyssey on and one side was our measurement. All right, paying for chores. I want to end with this because people often ask about this. In our generation where, you know, everybody thinks that they need paid for everything, um, we can really it can really get to be a hindrance, actually, paying for too many chores. So the first thing is that everybody takes care of their own things. Nobody ever gets paid for making their bed, for putting their clothes in the laundry, you know, nothing like that. Um, Then everybody does whatever work it takes to live together. Dishes, laundry, trash, helping with meals, whatever that is. And then above and beyond those things, we would have our kids get opportunities to earn money. You could use things like a job jar where they draw something out and it's got a certain dollar amount on it that it's worth. Um, You could, uh, you know, have sessions where, you know, everybody helps me for 30 minutes with whatever it might be, uh, above and beyond these other things. Um, you know, you'll get $5, whoever helps for 30 minutes, uh, $4, $2, it depends on how old they are and how much work they're going to get done. But, um, we didn't like to pay for anything, uh, that was not above and beyond, um, what it takes to live. So I hope that this short audio podcast about diligence and teaching chores um, will be of help to you and your family, and uh, I hope that you can come to some of our parenting seminars, Raising Kids with Character, where we have a chance to talk about uh, foolishness and childishness and just really training children's hearts and teaching them good character and godly living teaching them to have an others focus in this world. Um, Maybe maybe you can come to some of homeschool workshops. Uh, Contact us about coming to your area to do a Raising Kids with Character parenting seminar. Uh, That's just a general Christian parenting seminar for everybody. You can have your Sunday school class could sponsor it, uh, your small group, whatever, your church. Uh, We would love to come to your area and do that. And um, follow us to get these updates on Facebook and on our blog, and write us with questions. Uh, This has been another episode of Wondering Wednesday. Thank you for joining me.